welcome, welcome, welcome to the Inform Efficate Podcast. So with this podcast at the top of the year, I want to say on top of the hour, I am bringing you this podcast with two celebrations. And you will hear all about the celebration of the podcast and the celebration of me. You will also hear how and why this self-care legacy gotten started. Why is my passion, my mission, my purpose in life? You will hear all about it. So join me for this episode of the Inform Advocate Podcast. Welcome to the Inform Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Sharon, the number one self-care giver in the world. This podcast is the intersection of self-care, advocacy, and compassion for self-care givers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So for this episode, what we will talk about is self-care. Pretty much of why self-care is important to me, how all of this has started, and all of that sort. And so before we get started, one thing I want to say, there's two celebrations. The first celebration is by the time you listen to this episode, it is the first year anniversary of the Inform Advocate podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who listened, for everyone who have joined me on this journey and continue to share. And one thing I would definitely encourage you to do is to go back and listen to the previous year episode, even if it's just, you know, once a day, (laughs) once a week. And I'm not going to say any time that you feel like you need it. No, Go and listen to it. Um, Because as I get into the thing about self-care, why it's needed, how I got into it, then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you would definitely listen to. The other celebration that I want to say is that by the time you listen to this podcast, or shall I say by the time this um, episode drops, which will be on Thursday, January the 5th. It is my birthday. So yes, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Sharon D. Brown. And there used to be a time where I used to always say my age, but now I'm like, I'm ageless, you know? So with all of this (laughs) self-care that I am doing, doing, that's the thing that I am ages. This is what I am claiming. So yes, happy birthday to me. So what I want to do for this episode is to really talk about how I got started into this. You know, you probably wonder how does Sharon get started, you know, into this self-care arena? Why I'm so passionate about it? What have pivoted me to really make it a lifestyle, to make it a experience to make it, you know, pretty much I really feel like it is my mission, it's my purpose, you know, it's my passion here, you know. So 
there are personal and professional experiences, I would say, that really pivoted me into this self-care journey. The first one, um, and there probably were some things that occurred um, throughout my life, but I would say the thing that really pivoted it um, it's probably two, um, one personal, one professional, but on the personal level, several years ago, I experienced a breakup and Ooh, that thing was hard. <laughs> I was, I, I kind of say, yeah, I cried for 40 days and 40 nights. And in that I purposely, purposely had um, enroll into a yoga class because I'm like, okay, exercising is not helping me. It's not calming me down. Uh, my heart is beating way too fast. My mind is just all over the place. And so I enrolled in um, yoga um, on a personal basis. Like even as a therapist, I knew that talk therapy for me just wasn't going to be the thing for me I didn't need talking at that time because there was so much feeling so much emotion and I would say maybe another episode or probably a workshop I talk about how I was able to really work through it and what it took and kind of like what breaks what breakup is because it's really not about the person itself it's just it's something I don't want to say it's just something that we go through but it is something that we go through that we experience but we need tools to help us get through I knew I was going to be okay I just needed to get through it and so a yoga help now one thing to remember about yoga think about yoga more so in the yoga philosophy of it because there are like eight limbs of yoga and most of the popular ones that people are aware of is the asana is the physical is the poses and even though that was helpful but the thing that really helped me through that and I didn't know it at the time it was more so when I was reflecting and looking back at things and I realized oh meditation is what really helped me get through it. Because I can remember one time and I was just crying, crying, crying. And I was tired of me crying. And I just needed to find some type of peace. And I took a really deep breath to find myself within myself. It was almost like I wanted to enter the galaxy of myself. And I literally remember taking a deep breath, closing my eyes and I just saw nothing but you know it's almost like it's a darkness but it was a good darkness you know it wasn't that negative darkness but it was a good darkness that I saw saw but again that was something I'm like oh you know um it wasn't just that that particular moment but that was the most I guess you say the most essential thing that I really remember of how I just remember going into something to really help me because again talking about it just wasn't going to do that and that's the thing we need to remember as well uh, when it comes to people needing help sometimes people they may not know exactly what they need but sometimes they know what they don't need and we need to really listen to that 
The other thing is, is that um, trying to think on a personal basis, um, another point in my life um, on a personal basis, it was, I had already started this self-care journey and I would say I was in the beginning of it. It was pretty much after the stressful time in my life, after the breakup. So this was when my mom and my stepdad was having some medical issues and actually it was more so with my stepdad when um, he had a heart attack and ended up having to have bypass surgery. And my mom, you know, she's had, you know, off and on, um, well, she's had medical issues. I'm not going to say it was off and on, but off and on in the hospital. So during that period, there were times where, you know, he was away for 90 days between hospital and rehab. So within that 90 days, there were times where she had some medical emergencies where she had to go into um, the hospital um, a couple of times. And I remember this one particular time in which I couldn't put my finger on and I don't know um, what it was. Sometimes, like I would say, me and my mom's spirit, it was really connected at times. And, you know, even though she didn't say something was going on with her, but later on we did find out what it was. And I guess I, maybe I just felt it, but at the same time, I felt really stressed. And because I was exposed to certain key, I would say, um, helpful modalities, um, that was really, really helpful. And one of those is Reiki. Reiki is energy healing. Um, some people call it hands-on healing. And it may not completely be hands-on, meaning physically. Sometimes it depends on who you go to. Uh, but the thing is, is that I knew I needed something. So I have called one of my Reiki colleagues and asked that person, say, hey, you know, I'm going through something I really need. <laughs> I really need a session and they were able to do that. And I'll, I tell you, I felt like I was walking out of, of uh, what is it? I, I finished up like a two week vacation on a beach. That's what I felt like uh, when I was done. But that was another time that I felt like really stressful and where something, um, a self-care, and even though I call it self-care, but meaning that it took something for me, you know, to, to be able to help me in that way. Uh, I'm saying that in order to help me in that way, but to able to alleviate stress at that time. So those are two personal um, reasons that are, that really help me um, when it comes to this self-care. Now, the other thing is professionally, what I have come to realize, some of this is experience and some of this is um, observation. And one of the things is that, um, two things is like when I worked in the emergency room, what I noticed was that, okay, when it comes to some of these jobs, they really do not honor people taking care of themselves, even when they have to go to the hospital uh, for uh, mental health emergencies. Um, the other thing is, is that when I used to work for a behavioral health call center, I was, that really gave me the opportunity um, because it was kind of like at the same, not exactly the same time, but it was the same time when my parents were having their um, medical emergencies. Um, so 
I, again, I was practicing and I was learning new things. Um, but by being on the behavioral health call, it um, calls and it allowed me to really see more closely and to be able to have, I guess you could say, um, a relatable um, experience um, personally to say, oh, wait a minute, again, when it comes to jobs and then when it comes to people in general, as a whole, we're not taking care of ourselves. Like even if someone tell you like, hey, this is what you can do to take care of yourself, people are still not doing those things. And so in saying all of that, all of those things is what helped me, you know, like get on this journey of self-care. It's like, no, we need to make sure that we're integrating self-care in our personal lives, integrate sort of self-care on our jobs so that we can be well, so that you know, when we're going through life, you know, because again, when it comes to a breakup or when it comes to our parents being, you know, having medical conditions, when it comes to, you know, someone passing away, you know, no one, you know, those things are not planned, but they impact you. They impact you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and even financially, because sometimes depends on what kind of job that you have, you may not be able to take off. You know, if you're an hourly employee, you know, especially if you work part-time or PRN, you may not be able to take off. Or if you do take off, you won't get paid, you know? Um, the other thing is sometimes with jobs in that depends on what the policy is, depends on who the person is, you may not be able to take off for a medical emergency, a medical and mental health emergency for a family member, or let alone yourself sometimes. And so in saying all of that, it really opened up my eyes. It's like, hey, we've got to do better. Get your tickets now for the Healthy Self-Care Symposium for Women on January 14, 2023 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Ghost Gym in Harrisburg, North Carolina. For more information, go to Instagram at I am Sharon D. Brown or visit the website at www firm holistic network.net and that's holistic with a w so in saying all of that there are also two trainings that i had the wonderful opportunity to experience that really opened my eyes those were the beginning so uh, and all of this stuff was kind of happening at the same time as well and so I already told you regarding yoga. So with yoga, I did that and also end up uh, participating in yoga teaching training and where I learned so much more about yoga and what it is and wanted to offer it to people or at least tell people about it. So I do a combination of both. I educate people about the benefits of yoga, but I also offer it in various workshops and in various ways. Um and so, but I would say the key, key thing that um, there are related, but there are two trainings that I attended that really opened up my mind and completely changed, completely changed how I view mental health, how I view wellness and everything. And the two trainings are uh, life coaching training and with Reiki. And so 
with life coaching at the time that I took life coaching at that time, you know, I was already on this self-care thing to a certain extent. And but if anything, I wanted to help people in a different way at that particular time. And so I was like, oh, you know, even though by a therapist, I can do it anyway without the training, but I'm just one that's like anything that I enter, I like to get training on it because in one sense, I really feel like it's a disgrace to the life coaching industry to not, even though I'm a therapist, some therapists don't feel that way and that's okay. But the reason I feel that way is because even though I have the credentials and the experience to do all those things, but there really is a lot of parallel when it comes to life coaching. It's not a replacement, but there's a lot of parallel to that, but it helped me, it helped open me up because when I I went in there to say, oh, how I can help others, but end up walking out where it helped me. It opened up my eyes. And ever since that day, I've been asking the same question and I pose it to other people or I say it. The, um, and the thing is, is that I left with, we all need healing from something and don't even know it. And I started asking myself, what do I need healing from? Because at that particular point, other than a breakup or some relational thing or something or at a job, I'm like, I don't need any help with anything. I'm good. So I thought. But ever since then, I've been asking myself, what do I need healing from? And I, you know, tell my family and friends that, you know, I put that out there sometimes because of the fact there's parts of ourselves that we don't see. And as we talk about, you know, those childhood experiences, they really do play part, a huge part. They really drive in what we do, what we say, how we think, our beliefs, and everything more so than we think. And I'm not going to just say childhood experiences, but also I would say any experiences that are emotional, impactful to us um, in some form or fashion, some form or fashion. And so the life coaching training is something that definitely played a big part in my self-care mission. The other training is Reiki. Again, with Reiki, I was exposed to Reiki at a training, as a matter of fact, at, at the Black Mental Health Symposium training. Ms. Asha Sims, she um, presented you know, Reiki there. And then again, I was on this journey. Oh, I want to help people in a different way and how it's kind of help people. And I remember her training. And so I went to her training. And when I went to her training, I'm like, oh my, what is all of this? And I realized in that training that when it comes to the mental health field, there's some, there's a gap. I just say that as wonderful as the mental health field is in a lot of ways, again, it's a system, but there are lots of gap of how we approach it. And so at that very moment, I realized that as a whole, the mental health system is not treating individuals, um, the whole individual, the whole individual. That's the main thing that I got out of that particular training. We're not really treating the person, the entire person. 
you know, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of that. It's like, yeah, we may say it. And some individuals are, depends on where you are and, you know, what your philosophy is and things like that. But a system as a whole is not. And so with life coaching and Reiki, it really opened up my eyes. And Reiki even allowed me to really like, oh, I have some gifts that I didn't really realize that I had. And I was probably working through them, using them minimally, but just not realizing it, you know? So it allowed me to open myself up even more so because again, sometimes depends on where you work in mental health, you're not able to truly be yourself and what you believe in and especially in helping people in a way that they can be helped. And so that's the other thing is to make sure that you are in alignment, you know, with yourself, that you're alignment with your work, that you're alignment wherever it is that you need to be. So in saying all of that, all of that with the personal experiences that I've had, um, the professional experiences with I have, the training that I've had, and I've had a lot more training than that, but those two are the ones that really kick off this self-care journey and mission. So, oh yeah, we got to let people know, we got to educate people, we got to show people, you know, what to do and that they can be well. And that's the thing is that with this self-care journey, you know, and, you know, for me, there's four pillars of self-care is it's um, self-awareness, sitting in silence, deep rest, and movement and action. And with the self-awareness, that's the huge, oh, you know, it's the introspection, it's the self-reflection, it's the self-evaluation, it's the self-inquiry. And it's not enough to know. And this is where the action and movement comes into play. And then we need the deep rest. And we need to be able to sit in silence in order, you know, for us to be able to move, to be honest, to a certain extent. So in saying all of that to say, this is, you know, what started this self-care journey. This is why I'm such an advocate for it, especially in the workspace, because it's not done intentionally. I understand, you know, I've been a supervisor before and I really do understand, you know, it's kind of like, oh, productivity, oh, this service, you know, I've always been in service or so not in a product type thing, but, you know, service or written, or if you're in the industry that's a product, you know, that it has, whatever it is, has to be delivered. We need a person in this place. And I get it. But just remember that people are really your biggest asset because of the fact you need the people, you know, you need the employees in order to produce this service or the product, you know? And if they're not well, they're not, they're going to be calling out. Or even if they're there, this is how injuries end up happening. And the more someone feels supported, 
the more they're going to do. But we just don't want people to do because they feel supported. We want people to do because they feel supported and they are healthy and they are well in every way. Because we don't want it to be where it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, they're working on a job. And the job is the thing that caused them to have a heart attack or have high blood pressure because it's so stressful. Let's get away from all of that. But anyway, 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 to say all of that, this is why self-care is so important is for you to integrate it into your life. And there are so many ways that you could do that, you know, and the main thing is, is to be intentional about you, be intentional about your health, how you are doing. This is, oh, so again, this is how my self-care journey pretty much pivoted guess you could say got started when I saw things within my life. It's like, oh, okay. I really did get better over time because of meditation. It wasn't just, you know, the yoga, the asana, the poses. It was more so the meditation for me. And for each person, it's different. But the main thing is, is to do things for yourself. Not only that's going to bring you joy, but do those things so that it can make you better in life, in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. And this is what self-care is all about. So thank you for joining me for the first podcast of this year. Thank you for joining me in celebrating the anniversary of the Informed Advocate podcast. And thank you for joining me for celebrating birthday my angel self must I say yes 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 so continue continue to like and share and I just want to say thank you for all of those who have supported informed advocate in so many different ways not only the listeners but also especially the guests that I've had on this show and the guests who are comment on this show as well in this upcoming year. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Inform Advocate Podcast. Get your tickets now for the Healthy Self-Care Symposium for Women on January 14, 2023 from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Ghost Gym in Harrisburg, North Carolina. For more information, go to Instagram at I am Sharon D. Brown or visit the website at www her firm holistic network.net and that's holistic with a W.